Let's make some magic, okay. boys and girls. Would you like to do the intro, Harrison? No. Oh, you wouldn't? Oh, dear. Okay, well, that's fine. I can do the intro instead. It's all right. I can do it. But I, I didn't know if you wanted the intro to be with crisp audio or just this bitch. Um, up to you. You can do this bitch if you want. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Scarab Resort Radio. Uh, I'm Kelly. Welcome to episode two. Harrison's having a heart attack. Hi, welcome to uh, episode two of Scarif Resort Radio, episode one. Exactly, we're discussing The Phantom Menace and all the insane bullshit that goes along with that film. Even the title's hurting my brain. Exactly. I'm also joined by Fraser. I've never watched a film where I was enraged within three seconds just on seeing the title scroll. Oh my god, yeah, I had the exact same reaction. The thing is, are we... I'm going to just get straight into it because... Can I oh, just, yeah, yeah, can yeah, I just no, establish, f- first off, we're going to go through the films and explain roughly what actually happens in the film and go through the plot, but then also point out all the funny moments and all the moments that made us wish that George Lucas died in a horrible, tragic boating accident. Yes. <laughs> That's so fucking harsh. Yeah, but accurate. And then also at the end, we're going to come back with our jizz score for the film. Oh, I can't wait Which for that. Which we do have. I mean, are we going to explain that now? Or are we just going to leave that as a surprise until the end for what jizz stands for? I feel like on principle, we shouldn't always have surprise jizz. <laughs> <laughs> like, if there are things that I'm like, okay. su- surprises that are good. Birthday cake. Or a party. Not so good. Jizz. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Would, would you like to go through the categories then, Harrison, of what we're, what, what we're saying the jizz is? Uh, or, or, I, I mean, sure, why not? I, I would like to preface by saying that we are, when we say jizz, we are referring to the musical... Space jazz. Space jazz that yes. was deliberately called jizz. We're not just... 14-year-old... No, we're not, we're not 14-year-old um, children. George Lucas has somewhat of a habit of not being super imaginative with names, and so takes a regular word and then just tweaks and now it's a space fantasy word yeah so he took jazz and went mm, what about a different vowel and never googled it mm-hmm. he must have known what he was doing when he was like space jazz let's call that jizz no one does that no m- normal human being does that look th- we're getting so far off topic yeah we yeah. are okay so the letters in jizz j-i-z-z j stands for jedi bullshit and this includes Force teleportation magic wankery mm-hmm. that happens that presumably we're semi outraged by. It's it's not hard to just stick to the Jedi light powers, is it? I stands for intergalactic politics because <laughs> a frankly shocking amount of time is spent walking down corridors and talking about boring politics in these films. The first Z is <sighs> Of just any boring moment. Exactly. Like, as bored as to death. Yeah, it's the Zeds, right? The the snore factor, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, and, I mean, that goes hand in hand with intergalactic politics, unless, you know, you're you're a politics major, which I weep for your loss. (laughs) And the second Z is zoom for lightsabery combat, fights, kick-ass, choreography, all those sorts of things. Let's begin, then. Episode 2 of Scarif Resort Radio, episode 1. The Phantom Menace. God, I hate this. Commence primary ignition. Turmoil has engulfed the Galactic Republic. 
Oh shit, this sounds really interesting. I wonder what the next line's gonna be. The taxation of trade routes to outlying star systems is in dispute. We're on heavy marks for the Z factor already. The the two first lines. Oh my god, in the opening scroll. Read that again. The taxation of trade routes to outlying star systems is in dispute. I mean, what what? How far of a departure is this from like the original trilogy where it's like, oh shit, there's a rebel alliance and an evil empire. This is like, hmm, yes, the taxation policies in Mustafar are marginally unfair towards the Malastarian population. Yeah, episode one is basically just the fallout of space Brexit. Oh god. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, you didn't have to put it like that. <laughs> it's just, we're in a trade block, you're not. Tax. Four minutes into this film, Qui-Gon Jinn on screen says, this trade dispute is trivial. Four minutes into the film, and like the main protagonist has already, already dismissed it as trivial. Why are we here, George? What are we doing? He also describes the capitalists as weak-willed. Does he? Yeah. The Cato Nemoidians are cowards, is what he says, yeah. Yeah. The Trade Federation. The Trade Federation. I'm going to nip this in the bud right at the start, because there is a lot of it in this film. A lot of not great depictions of a lot of stereotypes of minority groups. And yeah. it's, it's not great. No. I looked it up. So the Nemordians are there and they are just very, very poorly Japanese coded stereotypes. It's so vaguely Eastern Japanese-y, but not yeah. quite. Yeah. And I, I looked up the voice actor for um, Newt Gunray. Yeah. He's English oh, with good. some Asian heritage, but not Far East Asian heritage. And given that he's doing... And he's just doing a bad Japanese he's, accent. Yeah, he's doing okay. a bad Japanese right. accent. Like he's in a fucking <laughs> Watanabe, like Ken Watanabe. Yeah, and yeah. it's not good. Okay, fair enough. And also what I noticed as well, it's the similar thing for, not with the accents, but the outfits for Queen of Naboo. All of them are vaguely Japanese, and her face paint is kind of geisha-esque. I mean, it's. I think it's probably because George Lucas has a huge hard-on for... He's a weeb. He's a weeb. Like, George <laughs> Lucas is a weeb. I'm sorry. The Jedi are basically somewhere between medieval knights, Far East Asian monks, and Japanese samurai. He's just... Without any understanding of the actual culture, he's just robbing what he thinks looks cool and putting it in his space fantasy. <laughs> And I love him for yeah. it, but that is what he's done. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, just the poorly done Japanese accents that are just, they just feel off. And also, I don't know why, but the lip syncing of the puppet heads for the Nemoidians is so bad for the. And it, it is. It's just absolutely dire. It's awful, isn't it? Mm. It really is. Okay, so the film starts, right, with these ambassadors, negotiators sent by the central authority of the universe sent to this blockade on this small planet. And within two minutes, they are apparently assassinated. Fantastic. That's a great idea. Let's assassinate the UN ambassador to this planet. Mm -hmm. um, however, they can breathe poison, so it's fine. That's never explained. I, you know, they're, they're in a room, they're in oh, a meeting yeah, room. they get gassed. They get they? gassed because they have poison vents in their meeting room, because who doesn't? <laughs> the droids are all waiting outside for like five minutes and like, okay, they must be dead now. Let's go in and check. And they're just fine. Honestly, mm. I've been in enough shitty meetings where I do kind of wish that I had poison deployed <laughs> into, the, into the office space. Mm. I think from memory, there's like a small clip where you see them just hold their breath, where like you could see them gearing up to do it. But like, I watched it this morning. They did not. 
They didn't even put in their rebreathers that they use in Naboo. They didn't even show that. It's yeah. like, what are you doing? I man? love the idea that the actors were not told of this. And George, just from the sidelines, went, There's going to be gas. <laughs> act. <laughs> and uh, Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor just both go, uh. How do you act to poison? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. What I do love is the droids that appear outside the meeting room because the negotiations were short. Mm-hmm. They have the Brooklyn accent, which is incredible. Yeah. We, we love the Brooklyn droids. Mm-hmm. The very first thing you see Obi-Wan do is force push three droids and they just crumple like mm-hmm. sacks of potatoes. And he did like nothing to them. They just drop. And I looked this up because it annoyed me so much throughout the film. This happens more than once. It's happened several times where Obi-Wan either kicks a droid or lightly pushes it and it just collapses and dies. That happens to 10 droids throughout this film. And it's just insane. This, this, I love it. This being the film that originally when they did episode four, they didn't want to do the first one because George Lucas wanted to wait for the enhancements and CGI to be able to do the Clone Wars and the battle droids. So here he is. 16 years later after Return of the Jedi, he's got all the CGI the peak budget, of technology. peak of technology that he needs and all the battle droids do is fall over and get cut in half. And they that do get cut quite, in half a lot. Quite sad. Yeah. I feel like there was also probably a decision to make them droids because then you can just have the Jedi brutally maim an entire legion yeah. without it being like a war crime because they're not really people but then that gets into the whole debate of if a droid hangs around long enough do they become a person so i i looked into because i was looking up how many droids died from being lightly pushed over (laughs) i looked into there's like a death count those are injured lawyers for you but (laughs) yeah exactly robot chicken did a sketch of that yeah the guy the guy gets his arm cut off goes to the lawyers and gets compensation and the wampers there as well i'm just imagining it in that robot brooklyn accent exactly yeah There's the AI cover of it somewhere. Probably. So, okay, other than the six droids that were lightly pushed over and Mm -hmm. four who were kicked, Mm -hmm. rest in peace, kings, 198 unnamed Trade Federation employees were blown up by Anakin Skywalker in this film. (laughs) If we're talking about war crimes, oh my God. They started him young, folks. (laughs) He's like eight and he's got a kill count of 150,000. 140,000 of them are droids, but this kid's killed a thousand people. <laughs> if we're jumping right to the end where he murders a thousand people, then we can definitely jump to the bit where he he goes, oh my God, is that a lightsaber? You must be a Jedi. And then Qui-Gon says, well, maybe I killed him and took it off him. No one can kill a Jedi. Anakin then proceeds to kill all the Jedi in this entire franchise. That's when you need the always sunny cut. Okay, should we get should we get back to the plot? Yes. Uh, they go through corridors, don't they? They they fight their way through. They go into the vents and they jump down and then they see an invasion army ready, laid out for the planet. And yep. Qui-Gon Jin astutely says, Battle droids? Like, yeah, yeah, yes, Qui-Gon, you defeated like sixty of them on the way here. Actually, on the way here. They did some force bullshit. They did some like force speed teleportation wankery where they literally blur them off the screen. <laughs> They're fighting the droidicas, the destroyer droids. They're trapped. They can't get away. No. And then they just force speed out of frame. It's wild. George just puts them in as a blur. That ability is never used again. <laughs> Ever. He was in post with all these newfangled technologies and just went, oh, look, blur effect. We can do that. <laughs> just how, does it get, how does it get to post without him figuring out how do we have them leave the scene? Is there a scene missing? <laughs> I don't understand what happened there. Oh, 
cut for time, maybe? Uh, uh, no idea. God knows. Oh, yeah, because, sorry, we have to get back to the really important uh, story arc of trade disputes and... Uh... Yes, it's a very important trade dispute. My trade federation has its own private army, because of course it does. Why does the trade federation invade Naboo? Because Palpatine told them to. Is that the only reason? And he said he would make it legal, because the negotiations have failed, or... I... It's really not clear... They're, they're there. They're there to negotiate with the Jedi, right? Who yeah. Chancellor Valorum has sent to negotiate to end the blockade. The blockade is legal because yeah. there's a trade dispute. And then instead of negotiating because they would acquiesce to the Chancellor's demands, Palpatine tells them to kill the Jedi and invade the planet and don't worry about the law because it'll be fine. And they do. And it's not really clear what they're hoping to gain. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. I I couldn't tell you. This is why every time I watch this film, I'm just so confused as to how it got greenlit because there's just no story. I also keep remembering that, like, we all enjoy Star Wars, but this is a film made for children. Like, Star Wars is made for kids. No, I, I disagree. I think it's made for those two groups, right? It's made for the people who grew up with Star Wars in the 70s and 80s and loved it. And then it's also to get in the kids, right? That's why Jar Jar Binks is there and we'll get to him. Oh god! But, but there's enough of like you know Jedi shit to get the old people in as Tax well. Tax purposes. Yeah, it's what the real core of Star Wars fans care about: Tax. taxes, taxes. Mm. and how to avoid try invading a planet today. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so the the invasion of Naboo has been greenlit. The mm -hmm. fleet gets sent down. Mm -hmm. Obi Wan and Qui Gon Jinn sneak aboard a troop transport. And go down to the planet of Naboo. Jar Jar does some shit. Um, should die. And Qui Gon makes the biggest mistake in any film ever, and that's saying a lot by saving one indigenous creature. Look, I'm gonna say it. I think his name's Omid Best, or possibly Omar Best. Oh, it was Ahmed. I know his surname's Best. That's Mr. I... Best. Mr. Best, uh, who voiced Jar Jar, has got a lot of hate for his portrayal. I think unjustly because he was just a man acting as he was told to act. Could, you could say he was following orders. I will get a job. <laughs> yeah, let's, we don't go after the voice actor. No, of course, no. you don't go after don't. the actor. Look, the character's we're, shit. That's not the actor's fault. Yeah, the actor did an excellent job portraying a shit character. We're not hating on the actors. We're hating on the characters and the bad writing. I'll go one further. He is... Ugly to look at. And I don't mean that in terms of design. I mean that in terms of this is a CGI nightmare. Why does he have so much scaly orange skin? And also every time he moves, he's floating. Yeah, why is the most animated character in this film animated? It's 1999. And then it got redone in 2007 oh. or something. And it's just a mess of CGI overlaps. I watched it on Disney+. Plus. I, I watched it where they have updated the, the CGI and they've, yeah. they've removed Puppet Yoda and put yeah, in CGI I, Yoda. Yeah, I saw that version too. Yeah. Jar Jar still fucking <laughs> sucks in this he, he new does, and updated does. version. There's, there's no way to fix it because it's flawed from the start, I think. But at least he got better in 2 and 3. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also improved because he's not in there, it as yeah. much. <laughs> There's some amazing shit that Qui-Gon says to Jar Jar that I just need on record because they hate him so much. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan clearly enunciate their deep distaste toward Jar Jar. Where as soon as he saves his life, Jar Jar's like, oh my god, I owe you my life. I'm going to follow you. And he just goes, that won't be necessary. And then Obi-Wan rocks up 
right? And he sees his master talking to Jar Jar Binks. He looks at Jar Jar Binks, looks back to Qui-Gon Jinn and says, what's this? Who? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I, I noticed that. Obi-Wan's a massive bastard in this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, he's a cunt. He's yeah, great. He's, he's just... And then later when they're trying to spare him from his execution, Obi-Wan's like, master, we don't have time. <laughs> just let him get fucking killed. It's fine. Yeah, he, he perceives anyone non, non-human as kind of subhuman, which is a very toxic trait for a peacekeeper. Oh, it's so good. Or for anyone, I should probably add. So, they they rescue Jar Jar. What I don't know what their plan is at this point. Like they've gone down to the uh, the planet surface in a enemy ship. They then thought, God, there's an army here, and haven't really thought about what they're going to do. So then Jar Jar then escorts them to a lake and then dives down into it to go to the uh, the Gungan city. Of course, our two heroes have breathalyzers. Rebreathers. Rebreathers. Sorry. Slight, slightly different. Yeah, his name's Qui-Gon Jinn, but Sorry. he's not drinking it. Sorry, I was referring to what I was doing at this point. So, oh God, <laughs> 20 minutes in, I need some hard whiskey to <laughs> We're like five minutes in. It's just... Okay. Uh, yeah. So they start swimming down to the to the Gungan city of Naboo, and it's... With Brian Blassett as the boss of the Gungans, yep. which is a... I think a pretty decent casting. Yeah, yeah. I think he's fine. Honestly, yeah. yeah. Boss Nass. Although, they're, again, probably on a poor representation thing. They're all kind of speaking. I guess it's meant to be like a Creole or it's something. It's like half Patois. It's really strange. Yeah, like it's yeah. definitely meant to be some sort of dialect Spanglish yeah. Creole. Like some mm. blend of languages. I've always felt or kind of adaptation. uncomfortable with it. Yeah. And also it feels like it's done. This could be a misinterpretation on my end. It almost felt like it's trying to make them look stupid. Yeah, I think it is. And make you think, wow, they're dumb. Yeah, when... it probably also doesn't help that the characters are kind of dumb. But that combined with them having that accent, not great. On the whole, they're not. It's just Jar Jar who's dumb, but he's representative for the entire species, isn't mm. he? So, you know. Yeah, that's true. Really strange. They didn't really want to go for world building, it seems. Like, no. all the things in the first film are just so terrible. What I do really enjoy is <laughs> Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan rock up in this city of aliens. They've never been here before. This is a new planet to yep. them. There are humans who live here that they know of, and there are these frogmen. And they rock up, and the frogmen say, well, we hate the humans. And Qui-Gon's like, well, you should set aside your differences, because I'm a, a representative of the United Nations, and your petty conflict is pointless. And it's like... You're just inserting yourself into a culture that you know nothing about. And you're like, yeah, you're arch nemesis. Yeah, don't worry. Make peace with them. You'll be fine. And then Obi-Wan chimes in saying, if you don't help them, they'll genocide you next. Yeah, it's yeah. weird, isn't it? And I noticed this while watching it. Qui-Gon Jinn force mind tricks the fuck out of Boss Nass. Every single sentence he says to Boss Nass, he does like a really subtle little wave of his hand. Mm-hmm. You've rocked up to a what is described by the Nemoidians as primitive civilization you've mind controlled their leader to get you what you want <laughs> and then they've said by the way you're helping us or you're all fucked like these guys aren't peacekeepers they're assholes you should learn to trust the humans because they would never do anything wrong i'm going to now mind, mind control i'm not going to mind control you now just so you know where uh, yeah it's wild whilst obi-wan is there sharpening his lightsaber looking at jar jar like <laughs> I hate you unreservedly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, but guys, it's fine. They're the good guys. So, oh, so overwriting someone's consent is totally cool. Sorry, I I apologize. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just Star Wars. 
So so they get a ship from Boss Nass because oh. they mind tricked him to go give him that. And he says the best way to get to the Naboo where you need to go is to go through the planet core, which they do somehow. Let's not worry about that. They go underwater in a submarine for a long time and they get lost. And Obi-Wan and, and Jar Jar are like, oh, where, where the hell are we going? And Qui-Gon says, no, don't worry. The Force will guide us. Literally two seconds later, the ship shuts down and breaks. <laughs> I despise this underwater scene i love this underwater scene it is so basically they did this film and thought we haven't had anything exciting in four minutes quick go into the water but space eels in there and fires off it i just i i i love it personally i just i like a big monster and they they managed a way to cram them in here it's it's giving subnautica i really i have only four things i think i like about this film and, and this is one of them the sequence of the there's a bigger fish there's a bigger fish there's another bigger bigger fish is great harrison the people in the ship Qui-Gon, Ewan McGregor, and Jar Jar don't act the entire way through this scene. That is true. There are things chasing them, and they're obviously scared, and it cuts. There's like, oh my god, there's a, there's a crack in the rock. We need to slip through that, and there's a monster behind us. And then let's cut back to our heroes in the ship. Actually, that's not exactly true. Oh, no. Because, because Qui-Gon Jinn, I don't know how he does this, presumably some force bullshit. He force commands Jar Jar Binks to come and faint. Sorry, what? <laughs> Listen, no. I have an audio clip. I've recorded no, this. No, that's powerful on the jizz uh, scale there. This is, yeah, it's giving strong jizz. Relax. You overdid it. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. All I'm hearing now is Palpatine going, it's not something the Jedi would have taught you. <laughs> Qui-Gon Jinn. Uh, okay, I need to get into this because he's so fucking have your cake and eat it he presents himself as being all go with the flow the force will guide us if it's not meant to be it isn't you know we'll do what we will and then he's like relentlessly brainwashing people using the force to get his way on things fucking up gambling shit with the force like this motherfucker he he talks the talk he he, he rigs everything in his favor yeah dude saying go with the flow it's no go with my flow yeah, exactly. i am the manifest destiny here oh my god yeah and then his sidekick is a wooden plank who uh. says nothing, does nothing, has no emotion, and is the main character, well, let's say the main character, the second most important character in the entire franchise. <laughs> and he doesn't do Jack. It's it, it's it's the intro to him. And he's young learning kid, from Qui-Gon! <laughs> Qui-Gon is a fascinating master, though. How did Obi-Wan turn out so good when his master is there mind brain, uh, brainwashing? I, I, I'll tell you how. It's because Qui-Gon's master was Dooku, who force choked the shit out of a senator like two weeks before this film in front of him. <laughs> Meanwhile, Obi-Wan's getting like actual legit training from other Jedi as well, right? So he like respects the lore a bit more, whereas Qui-Gon's like, yeah, go with the flow. I'm gonna force choke a bitch like my master did. Is, is it like one of those you rebel against the person who taught you or raised you so whilst qui-gon's being an absolute fucking one-man weapon that might who's be it, doing yeah. whatever the fuck he wants you then end up with obi-wan being like straight and narrow straight as an arrow yeah i think that's correct so to get back to the story during all these scenes we have intercutting moments of the droids right yeah and we have genuinely with some of the best music in star wars the droid invasion of naboo has incredible music and you get to watch tanks roll past the Windows XP, you know, default 
that is that's what it is it's the xp windows desktop background background. so the queen is staring out of her palace window and sees these tanks rolling down yeah and then two seconds later she's at the front door of the palace confronting uh the viceroy in a completely different outfit which is fine because they both absolutely slap her clothes throughout this are almost entirely amazing. Yeah, shout out to the costume designer. On yeah, that. yeah, oh, she she ate. She she's in a room with her advisors, and there's the uh, counselor, whatever his name. I don't, I don't, I don't know if he's ever named. Old man with beard, <laughs> right? He old he holds the orb at the end. If you know the orb. Old man orb. Yeah, well, old man orb and his beard are in this room, along with all the advisors and the security guards, and yeah. their fits are dire. Everyone else in that room looks fucking disgusting. And the queen is there with this amazing red velvet dress with a massive hairpiece. It's incredible. She did come there to serve. I I don't have a response to that. I mean, you are correct. Yes, well done. (laughs) She serves the people extremely well. Also, I don't know if you noticed how deep her voice is. I think It's amazing. I think she's putting it on. What I mean m- more so is because the two... Yeah, so so there's the queen and the double. Yes. And I think so that Sabe. you don't... Sabe and Padme. So that you don't delineate between them on their regular voices. They both put on this fake voice. Yeah, it's so like this they... authoritarian deeper and slower. When yeah. Padme's in Padme mode, she's much higher up and, and more sing-songy and talky-talky. Mm-hmm. When she's in queen mode, she's you know much deeper mm-hmm. down and, and slower. And I think it's very hot. I think so. Shout out to... Uh... Uh, it's at this point I would like to point out that Natalie Portman was, I think, 15 Don't when this tell was me filmed. That. No, she's, she's 18. I've, I'm Googling it. I'm, <laughs> I'm checking oh before God. we go into this. Because okay. you two are... Uh, follow-up question. Why is <laughs> Fraser Googling the... Uh, because I'm sat next to you two, and I want to make hey, sure hey, that we never hey, get into trouble hey. when we start going on about... I knew what this was. <laughs> Okay, okay, but get, get... Some of this will be cut. <laughs> if you say getting back to the story, I'm going to punch you, because there's no story. Getting back to... Getting back to <laughs> what is happening on screen as opposed to our rambles. Getting back to the lack of story. Exactly. I've got on my notes, their ships are as good as their outfits are bad. The chrome ship is. I kind of like their outfits. Oh my god, you, what are no, you talking about? No, you it's don't. weird. It's so awful. Why do they have like neck flaps on their caps? And they're like little leather. It's like ribbed leather bullshit jerkins. <laughs> they look disgusting. I want a leather vest. Look at that. Look at that fit. That's absolutely atrocious. <laughs> that, yeah, okay. Do you know what? Under harsh lighting, <laughs> that many, sucks. How many shades of brown did they go through before they landed on right? that? I, I, I tell red? you what. I'll tell you what this film this film reeks of. (laughs) Oh, right, sorry. It's been overwritten and it's had a billion markups during production. That's why the story is nonsensical because things have been added and taken away last minute. That's why there are clear scenes of people being dubbed in ADR, whatever it is, and like clearly missing scenes. There are things that don't make sense. And it's, I reckon it's just because there's been a million chops and changes and they've overworked it. You're right. So they've departed Coruscant. They've managed to rescue the the queen. Uh, they are then chased by a series of ships, and our good friend R two D two makes an appearance. Kind of, he develops PTSD <laughs> watching his friends get iced in front of him. The the little droid is um, stubborn. I'll, I'll I'll give him that. He uh, he does really well to fend them off. Uh, he gets a little pat on the head from 
Uh, he gets a sexy sponge bath. Uh, he by does. The, by the Queen of Naboo, whose body double tells her to that give is, him one. That is so weird. There's some weird authority kink going on there. Yeah, that is so, that is weird. Is Natalie Portman the real queen? Yes. Yes. Right. So, so it's the double has instructed the actual queen. queen of Naboo to go give a sponge bath to a space janitor. <laughs> yes. It's very strange. I would. I, uh, hey, hey, I'm not going to kink shame. Yeah, but yeah sure. Go, it's, go weird. it's weird. Were they planning on anyone watching this again? <laughs> <laughs> no. Did they just say, you'll watch it once and then that's it? That is. It'll be in the cinemas in the, and in, it'll be what it is. In their defense, it came out in 1999, so yes. Yes. Uh, that's actually fair. Wait, were DVDs a thing then? No. Oh. It was VHS tape. Yeah. VHS. Yeah, fair enough. All right, so they, they've, they've survived a, an attack from some ships, but their hyperdrive oh, can is I, damaged. Can I point out something very briefly about, about the Handmaiden? Yes. Sabe is her name. Sabe. They have a weird... I went down such a long rabbit hole. I'm going to give you very, very brief and notes on this. And soon so are we. There are a, a, a large number of bodyguards and body doubles for Padme. Mm-hmm. All of them have their own normal mass names, but when they become their bodyguard and the body double, they change it to one syllable long and with an A at the end, like an E with an accent at the end. So instead of... They're space Icelandic in that they... Her name, Sabe, her name was Sabin. And then when she became, when she joined the guard, she changed it to Sabe. There's one who was called Cordin, changed it to Corday. Like they all do this, right? Also, Sabe is gay and shared the queen's bedroom and were close friends. Take from that what you will. George. Where is where is any of that written down? Wikipedia. George. Go wild. I'm fairly certain none of this is canon now because it's all in comics and shit, but... George, George you dog. Sabe, go, after this film, she goes on like a long-ass mission as a fighter pilot, goes and frees a bunch of slaves from Tatooine before... It's such a long and convoluted story, but it ends up trying to kill Vader because she survives all the Clone Wars and all that shit. Wow, that sounds great instead of this film. Uh, yeah, she has a much more interesting story than this film. And then Vader kills her in the end. Sadness. But there you go. Rip in peace, Sabe. Kira Knightley. Whoever you are. Anyway. anyway moving on. Moving on. The blockade of the planet is a lot less effective because um, than you would think. Because you could just fly out. Yeah. They just decided to go up, of course, because in space, <laughs> if, you, if you form the, the ring oh, no. around it... You, of course, just go up or down and you just avoid the blockade. It's, it is that easy. Um, the hyperdrive uh, gets damaged, though, and they have to find somewhere to land. And where do they land? It's our favorite planet. <laughs> it's our favorite planet. The desert planet. <laughs> it's Tatooine, everyone. Woo! Yay. Qui-Gon tries his shit on Watto. Like he's mind tricked everyone else in his life before and Watto mm -hmm. is the first person to tell him no. Good for you, Watto. Good for you, Watto. Uh, also in this, uh, this little scene, <laughs> Obi-Wan suggested he comes with Qui-Gon. <laughs> Qui-Gon looks at the, uh, the main character and goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, no. You're not in this one. <laughs> so Obi-Wan's screen time goes down again. Uh, <laughs> Oh, oh, Obi-Wan, this isn't your Tatooine-based oh. film and or series. You'll get yet. one. It will be about as good. Is he not supposed to know he's on Tatooine for law reasons later on? What do you mean? Yeah, no, like, he knows where they are. It's just he, he doesn't get to are. go and... He doesn't get to go and explore Mos Eisley yet. He does not fuck around and therefore he does not find he out. He stays on the ship and plays space solitaire with the Naboo guard and slags them off. 
I don't know. He's a sassy bitch in this film. He is. It's quite nice. Petulant teen, I think, is the vibe they were going for. Yeah. But in like a very like, but that's against the rules kind of way. So a sandstorm hits. They can't buy the hyperdrive parts from Watto because they don't have money. Um, A sandstorm (laughs) hits and Anakin says, you can stay at my place. I'm a slave and my mum's a slave, but we'll feed you because, I don't know, rich man from beyond the stars. (laughs) very strange that that happens yeah it feels weird that they're given charity from a slave when they have like and then, and then one later, of them is a literal goddamn queen <laughs> i know and then it's like later it's like oh yeah thanks for feeding us and shit all right bye we're not gonna f- <laughs> you know we're not gonna pay you we're not gonna try and free you just all right see you later yeah also like i i'm gonna get to the point now because we, we meet anakin for the first time yeah um we meet wato who is um again just a bad stereotype of what's he of? What's he? It's uh, it's oh, very very anti-Semitic. Yeah, it's... Oh no! Like oh he's... god, the nose. The nose. What, like oh, I didn't even think about it's, that. It's it's anti-Semitic nose. It's yeah. uh the little vest as well. I've seen is apparently like he's is got it? he's got he's got like a little staff or walking stick or club yeah. that apparently is mirroring something in Jewish culture that is again George. anti-Semitic. He's doing the whole thing again of. Mind tricks don't work on me. Only money. Oh. It's uh, like honestly it's disappointing because I had such respect for him telling Qui Gon to fuck off. Uh, Qui Gon, uh, Qui Gon finds Anakin, decides he is the chosen one, decides to steal his blood under false pretenses. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> this will check you for infections. Obi Wan, run this blood test. Fucking quick! I've stolen it from a child. <laughs> That yeah. literally happens. Yeah, he does. St- and he says, I'm doing it for in fact. Do you know what? There are so- there's so much shit that Qui-Gon pulls in this, which is literally what, like, colonial English people really did is. to other- yeah. other like, yeah, we're just gonna- This injection will make you better. Yeah. Oh, so um, he like because he does that. He mind tricks the locals and forces them to do things against <laughs> their will. Unequal trade deals. Unequal trade deals. He gambles deals. but rigs it. Yeah. He's- oh Is he God. a colonial? <laughs> is he the colonial Jedi? <laughs> All he's missing is a pith helmet. He was he was the Empire before the Empire. Okay, after meeting Anakin and deciding that he's special, Immaculate Conception is a thing. He is Space Jesus. He is Space Jesus. There was no father. There's fucking midichlorians out the wazoo. And- oh yeah, also, first uh, mention of midichlorians, which I think is going to score quite highly on the J part of the Gs. Mm, it might. And the Z, one of them possibly. I, I hate midichlorians. It's so bad. Why can't magic be magic? What? It feels like he heard about the mitochondrion is the powerhouse <laughs> of the cell and went, what if I made this wizardy? So there's this long extended scene in the, in the Shmi's house and all this shit. And my notes just say, immaculate conception bullshit. And then the next line is, yes, I know you have your problems, but I don't give a fuck about freeing slaves. <laughs> And that's it. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. all that happens in that house. Yeah, the Jedi, you know, meant to be the peacekeepers. And oh, there are slaves here? Well, that sounds illegal. There are slaves. Not going to do anything about it, though. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Fuck you. Tough shit. Yeah. Fuck off, slaves. Yeah. Oh, also, weird point of contention. I did not remember this until I watched it last night. Mm. Is Anakin's mum French? Yeah, she's got like a weird sort of Italian. It's a generic European accent. It's either Italian, Spanish, or French. It's yeah, but mixed. I'm not aware of anyone sounding French in all of Star Wars. Twi'leks. Oh, are they French or are they just vaguely they're like, French? They're, 100% they're canonically French. French. Right. I don't know what they're canonically. They're... Doesn't matter. So 
Midichlorians, more shenanigans. Up because they trace a phone call they made. <laughs> He's the CIA. Yeah. They, they wiretapped the ship <laughs> illegally, but that's fine because Nixon's going to do his thing. Mool um, rocks up. His ship is cool as hell. He's got a cool ship. That's the rule. The Sith get the cool ships. Ships in this, uh, this film. Actually, they're all really good, apart from the Republic ones. Apart from Republic the ones. The Republic ones all look awful. Yep. They're all that weird shade of red. They all have three weird-looking engines at the back. Yep. I'm, I'm going to dispute this. No. I actually disagree. I think all the ships in this suck, with the exception of the Republic ships. Let me explain why. Let me explain why before you dump on me, okay? There is an established Star Wars aesthetic that everything kind of looks run down and shitty and boxy. And then in this film, because they had CGI, but there were limitations on the CGI, everything is a smooth, shiny metal chrome object with no edges. So I actually noted this down as well. And I always thought it was like a... Okay, so there's the different eras, right? And there's pre-Galactic Empire and post or during, and they do look different. And I always thought it was just like a... Shit breaks down. Yeah, but also like a Star Trek future thing where originally it's nice because there's a democracy and things are good and everything looks nice and shiny. And then like, as the universe gets worse and worse, things get shittier. There's also, which I just realized yesterday, a class aspect to it. Naboo's rich as fuck. So all their ships are shiny and nice looking. When they rock up in Tatooine, it's all run down and shit. Fair play. <laughs> Everything's a dump. Yeah, right. but, but you spend in the prequels a lot more time in richer areas than you do in the original trilogy. Yeah, I so guess... So that also leads into it? I guess that makes sense. I think for me it's just a, like a weird aesthetic clash, but that does yeah. kind of make sense of, I guess, we're seeing the more affluent ships, and then in the future we're either seeing like run-down junkers, yeah. or... It's the like, queen of a planet. She's not going to have a shit ship. Yeah, or like military-grade stuff where it's, you know, fun functional but built on a budget. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, exactly. I quite like the juxtaposition. This is where I jump in and, and just say that the... The ships in, I think I honestly think the ships in this film are the, one of the redeeming factors. I think Maul's scimitar mm -hmm. so looks cool. great. It's also called a scimitar. Yeah, it's a good name. That's for a sure. great name for it. I also, and we'll get to it soon. I think the pod racers look great. They do. I think their designs. I love them. Are actually kind of banging. Can we can we jump straight to that because we can do. That's the next bit. So Bulba has a full scene of his hot groupies massaging him while he's sitting in a golden bowl. Mm -hmm. I, I, Honestly, yeah. way to live, King. What a sentence. <laughs> I, I, I'm so glad. Oh, okay. I've tracked this down. Yep. I heard it. I, I couldn't stop laughing. I had to pause the film and everything. Mm -hmm. Right? So you know how there's the phrase, that's wizard. Yes. Yes. It started here. Did it? Anakin's little fucking friend called Kitster Banai, right? He sees Anakin at the... Bonta Uve Eve fucking words. Bonta oh, 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 he, oh, she didn't know how to say the made up word. I know. Right, no. So he sees Anakin at the pod race. He goes, wow, that's so wizard. And it's that. That is, is that where that it? started. Is that where it starts? It's awful and that. I despise it. But there we go. There we go. And Anakin hits on Padme a bit, oh, which so is just weird. fucking weird. I, I think, look, credit where credit's due. The Riz in that he's child got no is riz. no. The he's riz got is... negative Riz. The Riz is strong. He's fucking picking his nose on a fucking at work, and he's like, "Are you an angel?" I'm sorry. I think that worked. No, absolutely not. I. <laughs> I'm I'm 16 years old. I'm the queen of a goddamn planet. I have run for elections and been elected. 
There's this eight-year-old fucking loser yeah, hitting on me. This what the fuck is this? Yeah, but this eight-year-old slave is giving it a good go. Don't tell me he's like 12 or something. He's shit. nine. Oh, I was close. He's nine years old. I don't know. I feel like that's a pretty... Like, it's sure it's a line, but given that this kid would have never heard or seen any of this, he's like, are you an angel? I'm like, oh shit, all right. This kid's, this kid's giving it a go. Yeah. Eight-year-olds hitting on 16-year-olds. Nine-year-olds hitting on 16-year-olds. Whatever, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Children hitting on teenagers. It's weird. I mean, better than the reverse, but weird. Yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, see, if it was a standalone film, you could understand it. However, but, but this weird attempt at flirting that falls completely immediately flat yeah. develops into a budding romance. Yes. Somehow. Which... Is the entire spa for Anakin's fall to the dark side? It's so bad. And it done. starts with a nine year old child hitting. Failing to riz up a queen. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> uh, just, a, just a note for the, uh, for the audience that Star Wars Episode 2 is set 10 years after Phantom Menace. So he's Menace. 19. So he's 19 then. She's 26. So when Padme. So Padme. I mean, we're going to skip to ahead a little bit. But she looks at him and goes, wow, Anakin, you've all grown up. Mate, it's been 10 years. <laughs> yeah, but I feel what? like... We'll get to that in the next episode. We'll That's still fair. Anyway. It annoys, Pod races. It annoys Pod me. Racing. Let's get to a good thing in this film. It, I'm so happy. <laughs> one, of, one of the three good things. Oh, one, of the, one of the best parts racing. is when they're introducing all the pod racers, and some of them are truly incredible. There is Ben Quadrinaros, who looks like a square walnut with legs. He's amazing. <laughs> His pod racer just dies immediately and yep. the engines ping off and presumably kill a bunch of yep. the audience. Odie Mandrell has the three stooges for a pit crew. Yep. What, what more could you want? Rats Tyrell, who is in a deleted scene, tragically, is this small little rat-looking guy. His Imaginative wife, names again. His wife mm -hmm. has just got out of hospital and has had twins. He dies in the first lap. Oh my god! <laughs> That's so fun. I know! There's Clegg Holdfast, who looks like a deer. And then there's Gascano, who has forearms, and also Dodd Bolt. What an amazing collection Dodd of Bolt. names. <laughs> Alright, I don't know how we'd score it, or like which category it'd go in, but the sound of oh, pod racing. The, the reverberation is... We all oh, love that. Is... Yeah. Oh, it honestly, like, the, the satisfaction of like, you know when you were a kid and there was the like, doorstop that was on a spring? Boring. And you'd like yeah. flick it and it'd just go like, yeah. or yeah. like you'd, you'd get a ruler on a, yeah. Yeah. it just, it like radiated through while, me. While, while they're introducing the pod racers and they're doing lots of panning shots and you can see the whole course and there's this amazing music. The score's incredible. It's, it's so setting good. up such a cool moment. And then it interrupts that for a little clip of a horse farting at Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Because fantastic. That's what we wanted. Mm -hmm. But they had, they had it there. Like, they must have known that this was going to look cool. Like, this was clearly yeah. George's, like, well, one of the two big moments in mm. this film. Why? Why cut away to that? I think the really... The more... To get the kids. Sell the toys. Yeah, you know. but guys, think about the more upsetting thing here. Sure, for us, it was a brief moment of pain and, like, what the fuck? Why did you just have a camel horse fart at... Jar Jar Binks. Imagine being the guy whose whole credit on this film is that he was working on the CGI oh. of the camel horse yeah, fart. I, I spent three months oh. getting that horse years. thing to fart. Probably oh, years. 
also okay when the when the race starts and mm -hmm. it's amazing mm -hmm. they pan through like a little canyon mm -hmm. and aura sing the bounty hunter who has the antenna in her head oh yeah she's there is she she's watching it that's her first appearance how about that and then dave filoni was like yeah you you look funny looking go be a bounty hunter I love that. That's so cool. That oh, wait, great. with the orange helmet? Yeah. No, 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 no. That's um, the sniper woman. Um, oh, right. Sorry, I'm getting them mixed up. Not the orange helmet. She has, like, kind of orange hair, blue skin, antenna in her head. She trains Boba Fett and tries to kill Mace Windu a lot. Or a sing with two R's. Yeah, I got it. This is what she looks like. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Anyway, that's where she starts, which is wild. They go around the course for a bit. Uh, Anakin Chugging has along. been sabotaged by Sebulba at the very start because, sure, why not? This nine-year-old child's got moves, <laughs> and uh, he does. The man and his golden bowl is so intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> this is the this is the one that he uh, the, yeah this sabotages. Is, I like I I'd like to think that maybe he's actually sabotaged everyone's. He does throw like a piece of metal into the person behind his yeah, engine. He, do you know what? He, like, I'll give him benefit of the doubt probably does sabotage them yeah all, he probably he? fucked up everyone's because i'm thinking like he, if he fucks up an, a, a nine-year-old boy's first ride yeah then i'm a, like that other guy who didn't start and then exploded probably fucked him up too yep all these other racers clearly just unaware of anyone being mean in this yeah. universe yeah. Just... again like if it was a better film <laughs> Can I say as well another cool moment? Jabba the Hutt starts the race by biting off the head of a space mouse and spitting it onto a gong. That's pretty cool. And then later on, on the second lap, he's like bored. So he's just sat there in his box with a, a railing in front of him where there's two more space mice. He just flicks one off and kills it. Just randomly. It just cuts from the race to that. And it's like, okay. Uh, well, you know, that's that's... That's a tradition that's also happened at the London Olympics, right? <laughs> the queen, the queen spit out a chicken nugget, and it it, it, hit, a, it hit a butt, a dong, a, a gong. Fuck. Okay. Oh, that's recorded. <laughs> yep. Now I'll live somewhere on a memory card. Oh, we didn't. Somewhere. We didn't even talk about the bet that why they're doing this pod racing. They're doing the does pod it, racing to win this the ship parts so and Anakin's freedom. And Qui-Gon Jinn force-cheated the gamble to make it Anakin's freedom and not Shmi's because, I don't know, he doesn't value human life equally. Um, <laughs> he doesn't want a slave woman. He wants the messiah. He wants the boy. Give him the boy. Why does, why does he do that? Why doesn't the Jedi try and find a way to save both of them? Instead just, of just like kill him and take his stuff because clearly he's like oh mind control didn't work yep. i guess i'll maim you <laughs> oh my god yeah mor morality of these lot jokes anyway anakin wins the race Woo! everyone everyone celebrates it uh, is a, it is a fantastic sequence two kids go for a high five and then one of them starts dancing so the other one who goes for the high five is kind of just left there and it's super awkward and i found that hilarious shout out to child actors we love you we love you and we'll always love you it's so funny Master Anakin. No, I won't do it. <laughs> Absolutely wooden acting. They win the hyperdrive. Anakin gets his freedom. Anakin gets his freedom. And Obi-Wan says, some more shade. It's amazing. <laughs> Qui-Gon goes back to the ship and is like, oh, here's the hyperdrive. Install it. You know, I'm going to pick up the boy. And Obi-Wan Obi says, why do I sense that we've picked up another pathetic life form? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Obi-Wan, the shade. Yeah, that's... He, he really fucking hates everyone i know it's amazing unbelievable 
we get a little uh, a little taste of some Sith action. It's very nice. Just a little zoom some zoom zoom and a moose bush. Exactly. It's a good zoom yeah. score. Maul yeah. attacks as they're running to their ship. They were already running before Maul appeared. Don't question why. <laughs> there was a deleted scene, probably. Probably. It's very strange. Qui-Gon fights him off and then leaps 90 feet into the air to get yep. on the landing pad. Maul doesn't bother following because he can strike a cool-looking pose and look cool. Of course. Which I appreciate. We're an hour and 17 minutes into the film, and it's the first lightsaber fight since 1983. <laughs> you waited 16 years for that. It is pretty good, though. It's a good lightsaber fight. I think the, I think the fight choreography in the film as a whole is pretty decent. I, I think this is some of the best choreography. Mm, maybe. I think three has the best. Well, yeah, probably. Because it's yeah. a lot of twirling. But there's, what, 11 films? 10 of which have a lightsaber in them? Yeah. This is this is one of the better ones. Oh, as well. Wow. When Qui Gon when Qui Gon Jinn gets back on the ship and he's all like panting and everyone's like, "Oh my god, are you okay?" Obi Wan says, "What was that? <laughs> Not who was that? <laughs> Again? What was that? Again? Again? Obi Wan just dehumanizing everything." <laughs> Again, it's it was a different colour and a different shape. <laughs> it's not people. So hang on, we've got we've got the space colonial we've got master a, we've got and a, his racist apprentice. We've got the space colonist and the space racist. Hooray, oh, we love it. What a dynamic duo of Do you know bad. What? I've actually found a good point to give to George Lucas in that he made such a U-turn on Obi-Wan Kenobi that we actually yeah, still like him. Because it if you'd just seen Fans of Menace, you're coming out and going. <laughs> God, Obi-Wan's a bit of a dick, isn't He's he? there with like two minutes of screen time and he's a messy bitch. I'm glad I, I saw it. him get stabbed oh. in the fourth film. Oh my God. Anyways, uh, now we get to the real George Lucas hard-on. It's the Senate. Well, it's a bit before... It's intergalactic politics. It's intergalactic politics. qui goes to the Jedi Temple, but the real main event is the Senate. <laughs> uh, before we get there... Oh, yeah, yeah. I do have a little, another awful clip from Jar Jar Binks where oh, he please. says that the queen is hot. Oh, really? He does. The queens are being grossly nice, Mr. Tinks. Pretty hot. <laughs> Pretty hot. Okay. There you go. Just, just out of the blue. Yeah, remember Why? how he's the insert character to amuse the children? And he's just like, I fucking would. <laughs> yeah. Oh, while they're on the ship, on the way to Coruscant, Padme says, many things will change, but my caring for you won't to Anakin. She's shown him no caring at all. Like, she didn't even offer to buy his mum's freedom. She's a fucking queen. It's so bad. It's a it's a kind of a regular statement that certain male directors can't or like writers can't write women. George Lucas can't write people. <laughs> just um, in general. He just he can't do dialogue. And this film is mostly dialogue and it sucks. Do you think he vicariously lives for Obi-Wan in this uh, in this film? Because Obi-Wan doesn't understand what anything is and he just describes <laughs> everything as what it. dehumanizes. Do you think George Lucas was like, I can live through Obi-Wan's dialogue mm. and really show the world who I am? Oh my god. So we so we get to the Senate, and That's Palpatine, sad. who is the Chancellor of Naboo, is he talks a lot about politics and how Chancellor Valorum, who is the Supreme Chancellor, is their like erstwhile ally, but we should definitely stab him in the back because it's the best thing for Naboo and my career. And, uh, <laughs> you know, let's, it's a sensible move to do. So they do that. Yeah, basically. They, like, so we... they shaft their erstwhile ally to help Palpy get a better rug. Yeah, the whole yep. the whole Senate bit is just, what if we fucked over this guy to make me Supreme Chancellor for a little bit? A surprise, to be sure. And, uh, but a welcome one. Let's think about... Meme. 
Let's it think, is. It is a good movie. Let's think about all of our favorite, maybe political political dramas or TV shows that have politics as quite a cornerstone of, of how they operate. Um, most of the time, they need quite a bit of like runtime so you actually get to know the characters. And Trans- what's at stake? And what's and at stake? Parties um, and the motivations. George thought he could fit that into like a fifteen-minute kind of. Yeah, Little 15 minutes of runtime, I can make a tight in, political drama, yeah. <laughs> not only is it not tight, it's also boring. It's really boring. It, it, it is, yeah. And, uh, we, we do have, like, various cutaways to the Jedi Temple where they talk more about Immaculate Conception, weirdly, again. Um, yeah. And then back to politics, because I sure do love people talking in a room. Yep. Yep. Don't forget, there's corruption in the Senate, and that is interesting. I'm. I could not be more interested by the corruption of a Senate that I know literally nothing about. Oh, but other than that, they sort of don't like slavery, but won't do anything to stop it. That's all I know about them. It's just such a mess. <laughs> it's just such a mess of a film. Yeah. <laughs> do not defy the council master. Not again. I shall do what I must, Obi Wan. Fucking hell, Qui-Gon does whatever the fuck he wants in this film. Yeah, quite. So the, so, so the, Again, the Jedi... he, he's, he's manifest destiny. I don't give a fuck what you think. I'll yeah. do what I want. So, so the Jedi Temple say, look, this kid is too old. Sure, he's got midichlorians out the ass, which we'll talk about more and more because, yeah. But he's too old for us to effectively brainwash him, so you can't have him. Plus, you already have an apprentice, Obi-Wan. And Qui-Gon says, well, you know, Obi-Wan's a sassy bitch and he's free to do his thing. Uh, I'll train the boy, and they say, no way, no no chance, not at all, what the fuck are you doing? And he goes away and just does it anyway. I'm sure it's somewhere in the expanded material, but if a nine-year-old is too old, then, like, are yeah. they cradle-robbing for why? these kids? They are, yes, they why take three-year-olds, that's why? the oldest they go. But why is it nine? It's not, like, if you're watching this film, if it were, like, 15, 16, you could maybe swallow it, but nine? That's the whole reason he can't be trained, is he's nine years old. Sure, yeah, but also, that's, like... That's, it's too late to indoctrinate someone at nine. Yeah, but like a three-year-old can't even comprehend, like... Yeah. I know there's a whole thing about like, oh, well, you know, children can't see the ramifications of things up until they're like an adult. But like, a three-year-old wouldn't even know what the question is. I think the idea is, is at nine years old, Anakin's already formed attachments to his mother. And that ultimately leads him down the dark side. Whereas if you're three and you get grown up by and, and, and raised by disaffectionate monks who don't give a shit about you yeah you're gonna be an asshole but you're not gonna care about anyone which is essentially what they're going for right he's too old to become emotionally stunted like the yeah, rest yeah, of exactly. us he's already formed emotions therefore he's unsuitable to be a child soldier he's probably been vaccinated get ahsoka tano in here perfect oh we get kiadi mundi he has more lines in this than any other film which is great no way does he really your thoughts dwell on your mother is that the oh one yeah because he doesn't and and don't forget the force is strong in him. That's it. In, uh, in, in the next films, right, all he has is, what about the droid attack on the Wookiees? And come on, as he dies. <laughs> That's it. That's all he has. <laughs> he has fuck all in the films. Is it also not, like, canon in, like, extra material that, like, he fucks? I don't know. He's got, no, like, like, he fucks. He's got a third heart in his head. You don't, no, like, he I remember, blood for something. there's a whole thing about how, like, Ki-Adi Bundy, like, fucks. Oh, I know. He... he has, like, multiple wives. Oh, my God. What? No, you're not allowed a wife. You're allowed, like, one-night stands as a Jedi, not wives. I, I'm, I'm fairly certain in, like, various comics or something, like, he is top shagger of oh the council. Oh, my God. 
Okay. I can't, like, I don't know where I'm misremembering that. It might be from, like, another thing. I was just going from what he says in the films. He has about five lines. Three of them are in this. That's such a classic George uh, Lucas thing of, yeah. I'm not going to do any character mm -hmm. development in this actual film. But off screen, this guy yeah. is an absolute hound. <laughs> uh, shout to the, again to the costume designer for most of the Jedi Council for making him look badass as shit. Kylie Monday. Kit Fisto. Yep. Yaddle. Yaddle. Not Yarrell Poof. Not Yarrell Poof. Not Yarrell Poof. He looks insane. Uh, Have you seen this guy? His neck is nine foot long. Oh, and wobbly. Is it Plo Koon? Plo Koon. Plo Koon, Plo Koon with again. his fucking sunglasses. Yeah. The Queen has another incredible fit the whole time she's talking to the Senate. Amazing. Oh, we've got some more badly dubbed in audio. Master, I heard Master Yoda talking about midichlorians. What are midichlorians? <laughs> Oh, God. I, as an audience member in 1999, require <laughs> exposition and demand the explanation of how space magic works. Look, I have, I have friends who work in TV and film. Um, Do you? So, some, some who are writers. And like one of the key points, one of the basics of show good writing tell. is show, don't tell. Yes, they are telling and not showing. All they do is tell. The whole film is tell with the exception of a couple of good lightsaber fights. At the very least, this half an hour section is entirely tell. It's just tell. So, so, so they're leaving Coruscant. The yeah. Queen's outfit changed again. Yeah. This time it's an awful fit. She's wearing like a purple headdress with her hair in like sacks that go down on her chest. Like a weird oh, tentacle God, looking sacks. thing. The sacks are abysmal. It's really bad. It's, it, I don't know how to describe it properly. There's like leather strips around them as well. I'm, I'm looking it up now. It's awful. It's purple. It's like she, she's trying to do a Squidward or something. I don't know. Oh my God, the sacks. Yeah, it's <laughs> oh, that's <awful>. terrible. <laughs> that oh is hideous. That, that, do you know what that looks like? That looks like you wanted to go as a Twi'lek for Halloween. Yeah, and, and you did a bad job. No, and your mum made it out of, like, some, like... <laughs> Shopping bags. Some tights and, and some newspaper. Exactly, yeah. That's terrible. That's awful. So they fly back to Naboo because the Queen is upset that Palpatine won't declare the invasion illegal now that he's taking control of the Senate. Why she does this, I don't know. But... She goes, she decides, let's go back to Naboo and mm -hmm. we'll fight it out because Jar Jar Binks said in passing, yes, we have a powerful army. And she thought, all right, yeah, let's bet everything on that. Mm -hmm. So they do. The Jedi go back as well. They do because they... Just the two of us. Yeah, I don't know. They're there to protect Padme, I guess. Um, they run the blockade. They don't show it to you. They, it just... Happens. It, it, so, so they're approaching Naboo and they say, oh shit, there's a Trade Federation ship. We better be careful. And then it just cuts to them on land. <laughs> What? They went over the... Oh, oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. It's that easy. My notes say, thank God the queen got changed. She does this a lot. She got changed again, mm -hmm. and it's one of the best fits. Mm -hmm. It's like half robe, half kimono type thing with a massive belt. It's really cool. It's solid. Yeah. Then they reveal that the queen throughout, who you think is the queen, is a double, and who you think is Padme the Handmaiden is actually Padme the Queen. I, I'm sad because we'll see less of Sabe. I think she's quite cool, but anyway. Mm -hmm. Well, I think she's been Queen Amidala this whole time, so I had no idea she existed. Exactly, yeah. Then they end generations of hatred and race wars by swearing fealty to the frogmen. Hooray! Yeah. Also because Padme just surprises everyone yeah. by saying, I'm queen. They believe her. Everyone's like, all right, sounds good. And all of their reservations dissipate. 
Yeah, generations of hatred and conflict between the two races on this planet. Yeah, give peace a chance. And Boss Nass does. And he wasn't even mind-tricked into it this no, time. No, this, this Qui-Gon's there. It <laughs> just quietly just waving his yeah. hand. I think she's done this incredible <laughs> bit to bring back peace and pattern. Qui-Gon's in the back going, Jazz hands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's really working overtime to get this working. His hands are fucking cramping. So I've got to raise an army here. Bloody hell, I've got to... <laughs> so, so their idea is, here's the plan. The plan is we have a Gungan army. Yep. And it's going to go onto the Windows XP background. Yep. And fight <laughs> the droids for a bit. Uh-huh. And what we're gonna do, everyone else, all the all the cool people, uh-huh. we're gonna go into the palace. All the not CGI people. Yeah, yes. exactly. Anyone who's an actual actor gets to do the palace coup mm-hmm. and capture Newt Gunray and I don't know, behead him or something to stop the droids. Right? Sounds that's right. that's the rough plan. Oh, by the by, just as we're mentioning Newt Gunray, uh, I looked it up and apparently uh, George Lucas being veiled political hating everything. Newt Gunray is a combination of Newt Gingrich and Reagan, and Gunray is just Reagan, like, oh, syllables reversed. Which is why it's just a fucking tax write-off, corporation's a bad thing. That's like the J.K. Rowling level of naming. It's awful. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Did we, did we start this podcast by saying, oh yeah, George Lucas is great at writing. I feel like we should stipulate, we do love Star Wars. It's just... My man is not this, a dialogue strong guy. This is a guy. hard film to start on because it's not good. I, I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. I, I had it. a pretty good time watching it, mostly because of the memes. I don't think I've watched this since I was either a teenager or possibly even younger. Just I had the memory of it and it's much worse than I remember. Oh, no. So anyway, the Nemoidians... In their palace are like, oh shit, there's a battle going on with the with these primitives. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's check in with old Palpy, see what he has to say. Or this mysterious hooded figure who seems to have a lot of influence suddenly in the Galactic yes. Senate. I wonder who that could be. Who no one in the cinema has guessed who it is. Yeah, even though, anyway, whatever. So he says, wipe them out, all of them. <laughs> it gave Dick Cheney vibes, is all <laughs> I'm saying. That's in my notes. So the Battle of the Windows XP background, there yep. were 10 MTTs, which are these droid carriers. I yep. looked at this because I was like, what is actually going on here? There's a few tanks and then there's these droid carrier mm-hmm. Yeah, they open up at the front. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're cool. I really dig the design. The music as they're Again. rolling onto the fields and deploying is amazing. Some of the best music in all of Star Praise Wars. Praise be John Williams. Absolutely incredible. We thank you. However, this army is lame as hell. There are only 10 MTTs, yep. each carry 112 droids. So it's like just over a thousand droids. That's like nothing. Yeah, well, you don't send everything. You send... They did. That was the entire point of the plan, was get all the forces distracted so we can coup the palace. There's no droidicas. Well, there's like two droidicas at that battle. Maybe they can't deal with hills. If they're that, already, that, that might they get right. stuck at the bottom of a hill and then like they're, they're, le- treatment. they're like their crab their crab legs are like too stubby to walk up the next hill or they're just like way behind because they can roll down a hill but they can't yeah. roll up a hill this is a this is a universe where they can do interstellar travel and the best they come up with is a thousand beehive battle one droids that fall over at the lightest they, touch they do Crumple and die say, at a slight, say, a Roger, slight Roger. push. Yeah. It's also an army that relies on the battle of attrition and overwhelming it's, your it's, opponent. It's even worse than that because they rely on the ship giving them orders up above. I hate the trope of, oh, we've killed the mothership. Therefore, all the bad guys just fall over and yeah. die. So so they get to the palace, the main characters, you know, the cool the, the people. 
actors. The actors get to the palace and act. Do they? Do they? <laughs> <laughs> Do they? You're calling that acting? Okay. I'm being nice. Let's synchronize our grappling hooks. Okay, the, the fucking grappling guns are awful. But before they do that, they get to the hangar and they release a bunch of pilots who've been held hostage in the hangar bay. Why they're being held hostage in the hangar bay of an occupied planet. No idea. Don't question. Yeah. Shouldn't they be in jail or something? No, no, we'll just keep them here. We're going to store the grenadiers right next to all of the munitions as well. That is exactly what happens. Mm -hmm. So they free these pilots after a cop tries to arrest Qui-Gon Jinn. Qui-Gon Jinn correctly responds by cutting said cop in half. Mm -hmm. Good job. The pilots go up He's and consistent, at least. He, he, he is consistent. He's a very Say consistent what you want about his character. Very consistent character. He is consistent. I do what I want. Fuck off. Yeah, exactly. You're under arrest. No. No. Bam. Yeah, it's great. So a bunch of these ships fly up to go take down the Trade Federation ship that's controlling all the droid army on the floor. Mm -hmm. Anakin goes and sits in a ship and is a specky twat, basically. He's like, well, you told me to stay here, so I'm going to stay in this ship. <laughs> He's, yeah, it's the most like, Loyal well, bullshit. technically. Yeah. And then we get to, oh, we need to just cut through this shortcut. Doors open up. And the greatest moment of possibly all of the prequels gets to happen. Bum, bum. Bum, bum. We get Duel of the Fates Shunden, starts to Shunden, play. Shunden, Shunden, and Shunden, Shunden, and this was Shunden. frankly a life-changing moment, I think. Like, this rewired our brains as kids of just, oh no, it's going to be the Sith guy versus the two Jedi. But how, it's two on one. How is he going to, there's a second lightsaber on the other end. I, I do remember watching that as a kid. And that one moment completely overrides the entire film when I was a kid. You forget everything else. Oh yeah. All you come out of the cinema talking about is how cool Darth Maul was with his double-edged lightsaber. I thought this was a good film because that is yeah. the bit I remember from the, the film. One of the best things I appreciate about Darth Maul and, and this fight scene as well is that they're completely silent the whole way through it. They are focusing on their fighting. They're not quipping. Nope. They're not doing shit. Nope. They know nothing about this man. He's rocked up and is 100% dedicated to killing them. That's all they know. Mm -hmm. it, it's amazing. It's so good. It's so nice to see a film where it's, oh my God, this might actually be dangerous. The characters are having to concentrate instead of thinking about puns. And again, it's a great great film when no one is speaking because <laughs> george lucas oh, is really no. good at doing things other than people talking oh you are right this is also an absolutely fantastic lightsaber battle because they have designed the fight with a double-edged lightsaber in mind like a lot of the moves they make are pushed towards the fact that he can block with two with two sides yeah oh no and this it's, it's so good it's it's so good. I have to admit the um, the energy bank factory I'm bit not they go a big into. That's that that wasn't needed, and that was just like, look, we can do CGI. I would rather they were in the palace. Yeah, and it would not be convoluted bullshit yeah. with the security gate. What the is gates, that? Okay, so there yeah, are the, the, there are these ray shield security gates that open and close at random. Well, it's not random, at slow ass intervals. Yeah. What is that a security feature for? What is that doing? Other than building tension. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but it builds tension so well. Also, hang on, before they even get there, Qui-Gon bitch slaps more. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this in the fight. <laughs> right. At some point, they have their like lightsabers locked and Maul kicks Obi-Wan and he goes flying off a cliff. Yeah. And then... He turns back to Qui-Gon and Qui-Gon bitch slaps him across the face. <laughs> and he also goes flying down. That and it's is like, damn, Qui-Gon rules. So good. Yeah.
probably something that Dooku taught him with that exactly, yeah, sneering that's, superiority that's look. That's absolutely a Dooku move. It's <laughs> just a backhand. Yeah, Maul basically sees what's happening, and I think this is really clever. He's like, oh shit, if I can keep this guy attacking me and I keep falling back, I can keep them separate. And then they, you know, separate Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon so he can take Qui-Gon down on his own, and that's mm-hmm. what he does. It's great. And the whole playing dirty of he, like, does he, is it he headbutts him or he just, like, smacks him with the middle of he the... He smacks him with the middle of his blade. Into his yeah. nose and then just stat- skewers him like a kebab. Yeah. I'm watching it now and I'm just having the best time. Like, it's... I want to see this backhand. Hang on. We're going to do an instant replay. It's going to be the kick. There it is. Kick to the face. And then wait oh, my God. Slap. He falls, like, yeah, four falls stories. <laughs> Drops his saber. Oh, 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 he does! Oh, he really does thwack him. Wow. Jesus. Oh my gosh. He full on had an opportunity to kill him with his lightsaber, but instead elbows him in the stomach and bitch slaps him. Oh my God. You are right. He, <laughs> his lightsaber hand is free. Yeah, he could kill him. He, he could have stabbed him and instead is just like, I'm going to teach you the meaning of respect. Qui-Gon goes for style points. I have respect for that. He respect, huh? do- oh my God. The disrespect. He just, he just backhands <laughs> the man two stories down. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, uh, do you know what? I praise this thing for its choreography, but that is ridiculous. Yeah. And then he just guides him into this like weird little energy channel. Yeah, I think I think he does a pretty good job of being like, okay, let's separate these two fuckos, and I can take one down at a time. Uh, I will also say that this uh, this scene is great in the Lego Star Wars video game because all you good. want to do is go and kill more, and you have to wait and do little like children puzzles to get yeah. through the gates to get there side note on alternative star wars media that is what, what the most disappointing part of this fight scene is that we have frequent cut-ins of anakin learning how to fly a spaceship and shooting at uh the federation trade ship mm-hmm. and nobody gave a fuck nope we do uh get a nice little juxtaposition though from that we see all these you know spaceships flying around one guy fucking eats it big laser in the face all right cool that's a star wars and then it cuts to the battle in Naboo, and they're loading up catapults with boomers, which I don't know is a nice like, yeah, this yeah this planet is shit. Fuck this. Yeah, I want to go back to Star Wars. It really is bad. Mm, yeah, it's not uh, great. Anyway, back to yeah. Um, it just cut back to Duel of the Fates. Cuts back to it, and we actually do get some wonderful characterization. Again, there's no dialogue. Who would have thought? Darth Maul is there pacing. As the uh, the ray shields are up, Qui Gon decides to sit meditate. down and meditate as the master. And Obi Wan is there, clearly like. But when Obi Wan stands up and st- sees them and sprints after them, he twirls his lightsaber while he runs. Does he? Yeah. Oh, we'll wait for that now. <laughs> it's amazing. He is just kind of standing there, like <laughs> he's standing there like a kid who's like, "Mom, I threw up." <laughs> yeah. Oh, he does. He does do yeah, that. He does a little twirl. He, 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 he does a twirl twice. Yeah. But what you can see as well. When when Obi-Wan has to wait in the ray shields after Qui-Gon's dead, you mm. can see he's like barely containing his anger. Mm-hmm. And I think he lets out a little bit of the dark side to win this fight. I will say, like, I know that we've been saying that uh, the acting has been a bit wooden throughout the whole thing. When he finally gets to go and grab Qui-Gon, he does tear up. And for a moment, you can kind of see that he is a little boy again. Yeah. When, when he has actual screen time and isn't being a messy bitch, yeah. he's pretty good. Yeah, no, I mean, again, Ewan McGregor's a great fucking actor. Look, Duel of the Fates is fucking fantastic. Uh, it's great. Just 
what a scene. And also, we've not even spoken about the music. It is incredible. This is the best. Like, so, just just as a little bit of uh, flavor on our own lives, uh, we are all in a dodgeball team together that is an amateur dodgeball league. And we had to that makes stop. makes it sound like we're trying to go professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we, we, we could go pro, but no. We've had to stop Fraser playing Duel of the Freights as background music because we all go a little bit too intense and I have broken someone's glasses in half because of this song. That poor, poor person did, uh, did not deserve that from I Harrison. shattered them. You shattered them. I split them in half. Wiped them out. All <laughs> of them. <laughs> so, Duel of the Freights is incredible. We keep... You know, cutting back in and out of the actual other fights going on everywhere else. Anakin crashes his ship by accident in the Trade Federation hangar. And while trying to figure out a way to get out, accidentally blows it up. Mm -hmm. Killing 198 unnamed Trade Federation employees in the process. Yep. And 140,000 battle droids. Slay, King. Slay. (laughs) Exactly. Um, We do get possibly the best line in the entire film from Jar Jar Binks again. Wow. And it's another good one. Bold thing, considering there are about four good lines in this film. There are. However... And we've just said that the best scene has no dialogue. (laughs) I didn't say the best scene. I said the best line. Uh, I said the best line. Let's hear it. So Jar Jar Binks is running after a wooden cart full of bombs... Um, for some reason, that wooden cart uses the same metallic sound effect as the droidica's rolling, but pitched slightly differently. It's very strange choice. But anyway, he, he climbs on top of this cart full of bombs, looks in it, sees the bombs, and says... Uh-oh, big boomer! Big boomer. Big boomer. Uh-oh, big boomer. Yeah, it's, it's a tough race between that and... I'll try spinning! That's a neat trick! Uh, I didn't want to mention that one. Oh, also, every Gungan, when they're retreating from the battle droids before the battle droids get turned off, has the goofiest-looking running animation I've ever seen on a CGI creation. It is truly dire. Yeah, it's not great. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to look up who the writers were for this film. <laughs> and send them because we know Because we know George Lucas was there, and he was, you know... Okay. As part of it. Uh, anyway, there's a palace coup! There's a palace coup. That goes... Pretty cool. The queen get or Amidala gets ambushed by droidicas, but then Sabe is there and says, aha, I'm the real queen. And, and Newt Gunray gets yoinked and they keep guns in the throne because America. Uh, and they use that to... Try and say America, but Naboo. 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 Yeah, it's Naboo. The droids are all done. The, the fight is won, basically. Hooray! It's victory Yay, for, the, for the good guys. So now the the trade laws can stay as they are. And right, taxes right? can be properly paid. Uh, yep. Some time passes. Republic ships show up. Rip in peace Qui-Gon Jinn. They have a funeral for him. Mm-hmm. Where Palpatine is there. I think that's kind of interesting. Yes. And the like weird line of, we will watch your career with much interest. Yeah, it's really strange. And he says... So, so that's to Anakin once it's like confirmed he's becoming a Jedi mm-hmm. and Obi-Wan's going to train him. And he's got that hideous little rat tail. Yeah, it's not great. But pa- Palpatine rocks up and says, we will watch your career with great interest. Who's we? Is he using like the royal we? I think Who's so. we? He's not a royal. Uh, yeah. Obi-Wan gets Anakin as an apprentice and Qui-Gon gets a barbecue for which the queen has busted out her tentacle headdress again, by yeah. the way. Oh, God. Gets the best of out for the funeral. 
There's the victory parade, which is great because the governor of the planet is holding the orb. The, the orb. orb. We love the orb. <laughs> we ponder the orb. Uh, again, great music from John Williams in this scene. The It's the like celebration. Yeah, it's, we've won. It's, it's Palpatine's theme in the major key and sped up. It's, a, oh, it's incredible. That's really good. It's so cool. Listen to it and then listen to Palpatine's theme. You can hear the same that's really cool. melody just differently done. It's oh, so John cool. Williams. I... I want to have a moment again for the orb of just like uh, life imitating art. <laughs> yes, the orb. The orb. Yeah, like that time Donald Trump met with that Saudi guy and the other guy, and then their arms kept getting longer after they touched the orb. Do you remember those memes? <laughs> They're yes. great. I love that. <laughs> Fucking orb. So okay. the orb is given to Boss Nass, which presumably is some sacred Gungan thing they stole yeah. in a race war a hundred years ago. I don't, I don't know. Who knows? Sure, they did. Yeah. I guess I would like to conclude by saying, what have we achieved in The Phantom Menace? Taxes can stay as they are, and the yeah. trade dispute has been resolved, not really by any actual means, but... No. But, um... The, hmm. I, the I do what I want Jedi is dead. Yes, yes. that is quite sad. Obi-Wan is forced to grow up and stop being a messy bitch. Yep. Which yeah. is probably for the best. Uh, yeah. Obi-Wan has to pick up Qui-Gon's homework, basically. <laughs> And Rats Tyrell's wife has to pick up her husband's corpse from the Bunta Eve classic pod race and tell her children that daddy's not coming home. Oh. So we've, uh, we've finished the first film with pretty much no like outline plot lines. Other than yeah, Obi-Wan nothing's needs, going on. Obi-Wan needs to train Anakin. The Force is a thing. The Force is a thing. The Sith are a thing. Well, now there's only one of them. Yeah. Because there's always two. There's always two. But there will be uh, midichlorians. And you will have a lecture on that to learn and stand it. Because you will. So, coming to our jizz score. <laughs> yeah, oh, still right. still regretting that it's called that yeah. for this film. Uh, and this better this, be high. It... <laughs> because it's not a good film. So, so hang on. This is actually a little bit weird because some of the categories are positive and some are negative, right? Because it's force bullshit, Jedi bullshit on Jay which presumably we don't like a lot of Jedi bullshit. I don't know. Intergalactic politics, do you like it? I don't know. I mean, it's there, whether I like it or not. Okay, Jedi bullshit. I think there's... A f I'm going to give it like a... I don't know if it's so much seven. Jedi bullshit as Qui-Gon bullshit. <laughs> uh, by Jedi bullshit, I'm sort of referring... Well, I guess you could say whatever, but I'm sort of thinking about there's a lot of immaculate conception, midichlorian wankery. They mm. blur off screen. They have super speed. They jump 90 feet. Yeah. So is, is, is... It's it's the reimagining of what Jedis can do after 1983. So is a higher score worse? Because I feel like I a lot so, of these, yeah. a lot of these are negative, with the exception of Zhong. Yeah, we like the Zhong. All right. Jedi bullshit. I don't think there's too much that's bad in this. I will always have the the original films as the basis. Like that is what of what we, Jedi of what, of what they can do. Okay. And what they what they are. Sure. There's not too like the mind control is kind of done in it is done. Yeah, in, I don't, in I don't mind. Course, that's does fine. It, yeah. The ninety feet jumping thing. I can, I can get sure. on board without like you're doing tele like telekinesis. Like the you. disappearing on a camera. The disappearing on a camera. That I feel is just George in the edit suite going, "Ooh, look, shiny button, do that." Yeah. It's definitely we cut a scene and it doesn't make sense that they're here now. We need to make up for it with some yes effects, right? H how do we feel about the Jedi sat nav? Oh, the Force will guide the us. Force will I'm like, bro, there is a definite yeah. space you should you know be going. What? I feel like that's just Qui Gon shit. Do you know what? I I would give this a six or a seven. Right. I'd be happy with that. 
for the Jedi 6. bullshit. 5? Yeah, 6.5. Okay. It's not that bad. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go 6. 6, okay. Intergalactic politics. Oh. <laughs> there is so much, and yet... So little at the same time. So disappointing and uninteresting. We've all seen season one of Andor. And in my head, that is massive international politics or intergalactic politics, whilst also being like a high watermark. Yeah, yeah. So I the difference is, is that, that politics is at a lower scale, whereas this is at a much higher scale. Of it's the entire Senate involved in this thing, whereas in Andor, it's smaller scale. I would argue it's the reverse of it is much bigger in that it's like the fate of the freedom of the people of that universe versus a tax dispute. <laughs> Yeah, but you're talking about, like, one rebellion sort true, of thing. True, true. But yeah, I agree. One, it's... Okay, we'll get to the Zeds, but the tax dispute is boring I as think shit. the tax dispute is so boring. It's so... Intergalactic confused. politics. It's high, on, it's high on it's, politics. It's we'll give it an eight. It's at least an eight. Eight's, eight. eight's for you two. I'm going with seven because I think it gets worse later. And I'm reserving my high ranking for later. Yeah, I have to... You have to kind of worry about that. All right. Really. So eight for intergalactic yeah, eight, politics. Eight Zed's so the snore factor. How long is this film? What's its runtime? Oh, like too long is the answer. <laughs> and yet not long enough because they cut a load of scenes. Yeah, imagine. And it doesn't make okay. sense. Imagine the, the editor having all those scenes cut and yet it's still a boring film. This, yeah. The runtime of this film is 133 minutes. It is two hours and 13 minutes long. I would argue there's about 25 minutes of that, which is interesting. And that's the pod racing and the dual fates. The rest of it yeah. is so unbelievably dull. Yeah, I'm I'm of the opinion that it's it's due to the fates, it's the pod race, and it's the uh, uh, underwater it's, boat oh, ride. Oh god. Okay, so so when you go to Disneyland and you get those three rides, you're happy. <sighs> yeah, that's that's all that's happening here. Okay, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm I'm giving it an eight. This is this is because it it was less boring than I thought it was, but it is still quite boring. Yeah, for me, it's... Um, I'm trying to think, out of all of the other ones, if any are more boring. Oh, mate, wait to attack the clones. Yeah, there's a lot You've of... Forgotten. You've I've forgotten. forgotten many I've forgotten how also, bad it gets. In, in Revenge of the Sith, there's a surprising amount of walking and talking down corridors. Yeah, we'll give it a seven, then. I, seven I, from Harrison. I would go with eight, but... Yeah, do you know what? I, I really do you want to go think, higher, Fraser? I think really, you sound very bored Jewel by this Face film. does a lot of work in this film that... Actually, yeah, you know what? There's only one bit of it I ever want to see. I'm going to go yeah. eight, and I'm, we'll, we'll, we'll find what ten is later. <laughs> okay. So wait, Fraser, are you it. happy on seven? Or? I'd rather an eight. I really, okay, eight I across really, the board. I really don't like this film. <laughs> okay. And then the second said, zoom, zoom, zoom. There's one absolutely, like, the pinnacle of everyone's fantasies of Star Wars and lightsaber zooms. I think, I think I'm going to give it an 8. What, what's there is very good. There's just not really not very much. No. That's why I'm going for 6. I suppose, yeah. Are you going on quality of zoom or quantity no, of zoom? Whatever your heart tells you. I think if you are rating it on quality... If it, if it was a lot of bad fighting, you'd rate it badly, right? Yeah, if, I'm give, if, I, if we're going on quality, I think I'm giving it an, an 8. If we're going on quantity, it's getting a because the way that I think about it is that there's actually less lightsaber shit in the original films. There is than, even less. That's but true. It's I not care just... more when it's there. Yeah. I mean, I guess we could have Zoom as all fighting, all the fight scenes. All the fight oh, scenes. in that case, most of the fight scenes here are dog shit with the exception to all of the fights, so we'll give it a three. Okay, fucking hell. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. Most of it's bad. Yeah, this is enough. a bad film. Natalie Portman's gun looks 
absolutely dead, like, awful. It's like a shampoo bottle. I Probably is a I, shampoo bottle. I would, George, you cheap bastard. I would fight for a five because it does have Jewel of Fates in it. Yeah. And I think if... I know Jewel of Fates is putting a lot of work in and then so the snore factor should go up, but I think for, for Zoom, I think Jewel of Fates has to at least get it to a, a five. Oh, Jewel of the Fates. Okay, yeah, fine. Five. five? Jewel, Jewel of the Fates is a five out of five. The rest of this film is a zero, zero out of ten. ten. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. So our, there's our jizz score for Phantom Menace. So coming to the end of the ratings, what we're going to do is we're going to use the second Z, zoom, as a negative because we all agree that more zoom is better. It is. And the idea being that the lowest number, not like golf, is No, best. like golf. It's exactly yeah, like golf. It's exactly like golf. So, so the worst score a film can hit is 90. Yes. And the correct. best is... Zero. Well, it's minus thirty technically. Oh god. I like that. It that's is. a good scale. That's yeah. That... Yeah. yeah, that's a reasonable scale for reasonable people. Minus thirty to ninety. It that's how de- I rate things. It's definitely Imperial. Yep. Oh, it's god. definitely Imperial. It certainly is. Okay, so our total score for that, totaling up all the jizz is fifty. <laughs> god, sorry, points. I've lost it at totaling up all the jizz. Yeah. Uh, who came up with this? It was Fraser. You came up with that. Fifty-two and a half. Fifty-two and a half points. That is nowhere near high. It's not minus thirty. It's fifty-two and a half. It's out fi- of ninety. It's fifty-two and a half, which is lower down than we thought it would be. I, because it's not a good film. I cannot believe it's not, not a good film. Good. I do um, find it am- amusing that we we do like Star Wars, but my God, I don't enjoy the films as much as <laughs> I thought I did. No. It's and the framework in which you enjoy other things on. I think that's actually a very good way of putting it. The films are a nice springboard for the rest of Star Wars to be better. But mm. we hope you enjoy it, listener, because then you'll enjoy the podcast. <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoyed this film way more than I thought I would. I didn't. And there we go. <laughs> what, what a nice ending <laughs> to a nice film. Do you have any last words there, Fraser? Are you just sort of nodding in quiet contemplation? He, he's nodding on an audio-based medium. I'm so glad I ha- don't have to watch that film again. Yes, yes. At least we. I feel like we got the bad one out of the way first. I think it probably is the worst Star Wars I'm film. I'm so glad the two of you are feeling that positive because... <laughs> oh, you, shit, I forgot about the last you one. You have no... Oh, eye. no. I forgot, <laughs> I forgot about episode nine. You guys oh, have no, we all did. no idea what's coming up next. See you next time. Goodbye. (laughs) Thank you very much for listening. We're coming back in two weeks' time. Stop your whispering, you little shit. (laughs) (laughs) We're coming back in two weeks' time with our impressions of the Dungeons & Dragons movie. What a film it is. Not the good one. I don't say that. It's the best one. I've not seen it, so... Anything can we will We will be watching one of the Dungeons & Dragons films. I will leave it up to you to figure out which one next time. In the meantime, if you would all like to follow along, we do now have a... I was going to say Twitter account, but I don't know if it's even fucking called that anymore. Oh, yeah, it's a... It's a random strip club down the lane account. It's an X account yeah. for um, my ex. I'm calling it Twitter I'm because... I'm calling it Twitter because uh, fuck Elon Musk. He doesn't respect dead names. Why should I? Yeah, so, exactly. Um, <laughs> so you can follow us at Scarif Resort on Twitter. We also have a website, ScarifResortRadio.com. And make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts from. We should be on all of them. If they're not, yell at me. It'll be fine.
You've been listening to Scary Frizzle with Raven.